Hello and welcome to another episode of the Construction Corner Podcast. I'm Dylan. I'm your host, joined by my blue-collar badass, Matt. It feels like it's uh, been a little while since we've been able to do this again. It has been a while, man. Between all the uh, the travel and the the health issues and, and then solo shows sprinkled in there, it, I think it's been uh, about a month and a half or so. Something like that. Yeah, man. It's uh, And I'm starting to rebuild my studio setup here, so... And I know you've got some construction going on, but you know, it's feels like it's par for the course, right? Well, I've gotten used to recording these just staring at a blank screen. So this is kind of <laughs> unique now having uh two other sets of eyes looking back at me. I'm looking forward to yeah, it. Screen talking back. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh all right, guys. Well, without further ado, since uh we want to get into our guests and all that good conversation, is I'm gonna introduce Jonathan Core, who really grew up in his dad's painting company. I'm sure we'll get into that a little bit, but that's how he got his start in construction. Worked for a commercial subcontractor in Washington as a marketing manager, and now is helping commercial contractors all across the country build their online presence. So this is something I think that uh, we can all do a much better job at, and uh, you guys are going to get a lot of tips and tricks from Jonathan today on how to grow your presence online, which we all need. We need more people to come into the trades, into construction, into this industry. And um, I'm excited to have this conversation with Jonathan, especially, you know, like a marketing manager in construction, right? Like it's somebody doing marketing in construction is not a typical construction job, yet it's needed in the industry. But that's just how many people construction touches, you know, on the whole, right? Like we, we need marketing folks. We need technology folks, you know, engineers, architects, contractors, subcontractors, finance guys, you name it, we need it. So without further ado, Jonathan, welcome to the show. Thank you very much, Dylan and Matt, for having me. Uh, obviously, we've been connected on LinkedIn, been seeing from afar, obviously been loving what you guys have been doing here. So it's definitely an honor to be on your show. Well, I wouldn't go that far. We haven't recorded it yet, but I, I, I appreciate you coming on, man. And I know it was... Uh a little bit of a challenge to get uh, all three of us to sit down at the same time. So uh, glad we finally made it happen. Yeah, for sure. And honestly, to piggyback off of even what Dylan just mentioned about, you know, marketing, marketing manager and construction, like I have a post coming up soon that highlights that, Hey, like if do you want to do like, do you want to do incredible technology work, join the industry, join construction? Do you want to create the best inspired content, join construction, like there's so many verticals and and so many ways that everybody can contribute to construction. So I'm definitely glad that Dylan kind of teed that up to be able to, you know, uh, uh, expand on that because there's just so much room for so many people from different backgrounds to join the industry and obviously get more exposure and growth in the industry. There really is a ton, man, and, and unfortunately, it doesn't get talked about often, right? Kids coming up through through high school still have that that mentality painted to them that, you know, construction is a guy with a hammer or, you know, a guy laying asphalt or, or whatever it may be. Uh, and, and that is a part of it for sure. But as, as you guys both now mentioned, there's, there's just such a broad spectrum of opportunity in this industry that it's, it's a shame more people aren't talking about it, but that's why, why we're here today. So looking forward to the, to the conversation and where it takes us. Yeah, for sure. So let's just start back, uh, kind of at the beginning uh, real quick is, you know, tell us a little bit about growing up with your dad and having a painting company. What was that like as a kid? Yeah. So my, my dad, um, had, has been in the construction industry his entire life. Like he was a carpenter, 
a framer, you know, growing up for a few years, I, 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 I very like faintly remember that part as I would go on construction sites and I, you know, he would come home and his truck was filled with a whole bunch of like nails and all sorts of like, <laughs> uh, uh, just through, scattered throughout the truck and we would go on site, you know, bring him lunch, stuff like that. But a majority of the memory was around painting. And obviously he tried different verticals in construction and eventually landed in painting, both commercial residential. And so I was used to my dad coming home in his painter whites and his Sherwin-Williams shirts. And, you know, he's got a five in one in one pocket and his utility blade in the other. His phone, you know, his little flip phone was covered in paint, little specks and things like that. And so that was just a lot of what I saw growing up. And so my dad worked for both like residential uh, contractors and a commercial and then eventually years later, he decided to venture off and start his own company. And uh, so he did that while I was, uh, I would say between like the, um, uh, uh, like between sixth grade, like when, when I was in sixth grade and on, like when he had his own company. And so the reason that's important is eventually when I got into high school, um, I, I I told my parents, I'm like, hey, can I, am, am I going to get school clothes? Cause I'm going to high school, you know, like this is the cool season or the time where you're supposed to make an impression. And I said, yeah, you're not going to get any new clothes unless you pay for it. And so what did I have to do? I ended up freshman year before freshman year, I would go and work with my dad, just helping however I could. Like, you know, I wouldn't do any spraying stuff like that, but I would be, you know, doing trim and things like the picking up trash, you know, basically being like a, like a laborer for him. And uh, in order to pay for my clothing, you know, to, for, for high school, cause it's like, Hey, like there's no money to, to buy clothes. So you got to go work for it. And so that was really instrumental but like I said, just I just grew up with a dad who was always in painting. And so I was always used to him either being the painter when I was really young or eventually just being the actual leader who was leading projects and going out doing bids and estimates and managing different projects, different crews. Uh, so all of that stuff became incredibly normative. But honestly, a lot of my family, too, that's are involved in construction one way or another. So but yeah, that, that's kind of my experience just around the trades and construction, specifically painting. Did you ever take it any farther than uh, as a laborer on site? Uh, so uh, I didn't because during uh, uh, high school, uh, my dad signed me up for music school. So my career trajectory was actually I'm supposed I was supposed to be a musician for the rest of my life. That was the plan, the long term <laughs> plan. My dad was a musician himself too, and so basically I would have like school Monday through Friday, like you know regular high school. But on Saturdays I would have a full day of music school, like like just entire from from nine a.m. to three four p.m. It was all wow. music theory, all that. Like just that's all I did for you know two three years. And so eventually like my career, like, so my dad, the reason I say that is my dad was like, Hey, like maybe don't work, like work on like, you know, work on obviously your schooling, but also to work on getting better as a musician, musician, because I think in a sense, he kind of wanted, he kind of wanted to live vicariously through my experience at like getting in, becoming a musician, doing all that sort of stuff. So eventually I did go to music college and did that. Um, but yeah, so, but, but it's funny though, because I, I was, you know, I, I was in music, I was playing different shows, recorded different records, eventually was a music director for a, a large church here for a season, eventually pivoted back into, into business because I'd always like grown up seeing my dad have his own business. I'm like that part in me, that DNA has always been ingrained. I'm like, I want to have my own thing. I want to build my own thing. And it's funny because when I quit my, you know, the, the, the kind of career trajectory into music, oh, I had no, like basically both me and my wife quit from the church we were at and we had nothing lined up. So what did I do? Literally within the matter of two weeks, I ended up contacting one of my dad's connections because uh, my dad didn't have his business at this point. And so I ended up just putting on my painter whites and that whole summer I was, yeah, I painted like two or 300 plus condo doors 
Um, because I, like I said, I, I'm coming, like all my experience, my whole career was supposed to be just music the rest of my life, but eventually life changed and I pivoted. And so it, it helped. And so that was actually the start into, and if you guys want to unpack it more, how I eventually landed as a marketing manager at, at a construction company. But, you know, like, like I said, it's, uh, you know, I started working in the trades and then eventually went music. And then that was a career route for like, I would say maybe eight or so years. And then eventually pivoted outside, no experience, you know, at least professionally in that context. And I just kind of had to build basically since I think it's been 2017 since I've pivoted, you know, from music into, into business and specifically construction uh, again. So uh, yeah. So you're, you're definitely a creative type, which, which obviously serves you in, in, uh, in music and as it does, I'm sure in, in the marketing world. Um, it's, that's cool to me. It's a, it's fun to hear people's paths, right? Cause my path is very different than yours, but also kind of erratic. And, uh, my, my educational track does not match what I do, uh, today. So it's always good to hear that I'm not the only crazy one. Um, what is it? If you don't mind me asking, what, what's the, what was it? I have a degree in psychology. Mm. Uh, there's a lot of reasons what or why I picked that. Um, and, you know, I, I like to tell people I use it every day uh, on job oh, yeah. sites and in the office, but it's probably not it's uh, not for its intended use, anyways, right? <laughs> um, so going to that back to school, uh, you kind of switched to the business side, so you got a degree in business. What what drew you to marketing? Was it the the creative aspect of it, or was there something else that kind of lit that fire for you? So, you know, with, with marketing, at least you, you kind of, uh, alluded to it already. It's like, I'm definitely a creative type. I like creating stuff. And so whether it's like, that's why construction so unique to me, cause you get to build something or you get to like paint something that wasn't there transform. Like, I just like that whole process. And so for me, when I was pivoting into business and construction, I'm like, I, I literally laid out, I had a, I had a journal and I listed off every role There's sales, there's marketing, there's project management, there's operations, there's HR, there's finance. There's so many, like I literally researched, I remember Googling, what are all the departments in a big or enterprise? And so I went through all of them and based on that. Like I, I, I checked them all out. And once I landed in marketing, it, it, be, it became com very compelling because it not only takes the like creative part, you get to create things and all sorts of stuff, but it's very strategic. Like I, I like both. I like, I like creating stuff, but being incredibly strategic with it. And so once I began to kind of open that door and the different marketers and creator thing, people that I listen to, I'm like, I, I relate to these people. Like I, I could see myself as this type of person. And so I continued down that track. And so to kind of like uh, piggyback off of the story where I said I was working as a painter during that time, there was actually a CEO of a, of a, uh, a commercial painting company here who I knew had prior relation with that was actually helping me make the switch from like music into business and specifically even in construction. So as I'm painting for this other res small residential company, like painting all these condo doors, um, I, I was meeting with him. I would have lunch with him every, 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 every few weeks. And I would ask him questions. He would, you know, he, I, I didn't even know, like he, I wasn't worth anything at that point. I'm like, I'm not even sure why he gave me the time of day and, and maybe just paying it forward. I don't know. But eventually I, from this painting, the small residential painting company, I told them saying, Hey, I want to go down the marketing route. Eventually they, they, uh, after a few months working with them and said, Hey, we have like a, uh, uh, sales and marketing hybrid role that we're thinking about, you know, uh, uh, opening up for the, for the, uh, for the company. I'm like, Oh, that's awesome. And so what do I do? I end up texting the CEO. So just, I want to get his feedback because he's been helping me make the transition and say, Hey, so this painting company just told me that they're offering this sales marketing role. 
I just wanted to be able to get your feedback. Like, do you think I should take it? What are your thoughts? And he responds within a matter of a few minutes. He says, Hey, that's super awesome. I definitely think you should do it. I just think you should just come and do it for our company instead. And so for me, I was like, what? Like, this was like, I remember I was painting. Like, I, I even remember where I was in this condo. Like I was on like the second to last building. I was so pumped because I'm like, yes, I don't have to paint anymore because it was really hard, like during the summer, really hot. And I was just all by myself. They left me there. Um, so I'm like, cool, I, I I got my at least my little window to come in. And so eventually did the, you know, met their CFO, met their, you know, director of biz dev and uh, uh, did the hiring process, eventually got hired. And uh, yeah, and, and, and that was the start for me to actually hit the ground running within construction and marketing and help that contractor within a matter of a few years build a full marketing program coming from a, a kid like myself who I didn't have all the knowledge. I didn't have all the know-how, but I, I I had access to Google. I had access to YouTube. I had access to other, I would just look to see what other people are doing. And, and I, and it was cool because I definitely built a lot of trust with the CEO that he trusted me a lot, even though he probably shouldn't have, because I, I didn't know what I was doing, but I was willing to figure it out. And so from there, that kind of opened the door between me and like I said, just construction marketing. So for you stepping into at that time, right, a subcontractor in marketing, what does a marketing department look like for them? Because growing up as a kid, for me, like marketing was always like big brand advertising, right? Like all the big commercials or, you know, Matt's in Michigan and like Detroit, you think of the big three and auto companies and car ads and stuff like that. You know, marketing was never um, kind of what... I think of in small business, right? Or you go like flyers and paper in a neighborhood or something like that. So what does that marketing department look like as you kind of stepped in and uh, helped to form and create it? Yeah, it's a great question. So when I came in, like the, they had a prior marketing person, but they were like with any small business, they like wore the marketing hat, the HR hat, and like the, you know, everything in between hat, like they were just kind of like an office manager sort of thing. They did whatever, you know, was tasked. And the biggest thing when he brought me in, he said, Hey, I want to change the narrative on who we are as a contractor, because at this point they were about, um, they were almost reaching 15 years in business and they were viewed in the market. And the reason I know this is because they hired a branding company to help them with strategy and things like that they were viewed as like a small mom and pop shop. Like like they were seen as like doing like, you know, smaller commercial, very small TI projects where in reality they were starting to do big hospitals and, and large like uh, 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 student housing, you know, facilities for like the university of Washington, those sort of projects. And so their biggest thing is like, how do we change the narrative on who we are as a company? And then how, how do we reposition ourselves to be seen as a growing contractor as one that's obviously shooting up market as they begin to work with larger clients. And so for me, from there, it's like, okay, I, I knew that, uh, uh, well, one is most construction companies, uh, you know, may have a website, but it isn't great. And so we're in the process of updating that. It's like, how do we get that to actually, because, you know, especially to when somebody wants to learn about a construction company, they'll go on their, you know, social media or the website to see, hey, who are these guys? Who, you know, what are they about? So we're in the process of rebuilding that. But then through the process, we realized, uh, the CEO would send me these uh, uh, social media posts from two specific individuals. One of them was uh, Keaton Turner, who from Turner Mining Group. And he like, this is back in 2017 when he was like starting off his company. And he was like, hey, like, I really like what these guys are doing. And the other guy was Aaron Witt from BuildWit. This is like 2017. 
he sends like, Hey, like these guys are like creating incredible content. And like, they were just telling their story, what they were doing. And so the light bulb kind of went off for me. It's like, Hey, maybe social media and that strategy is the play like here to get more exposure. Cause he's like, at this point, I think Keaton was like maybe two years into his business. So he was still definitely in startup phase, but he was like shooting, like he was hitting the ground running. Cause he was getting tons of exposure with the content he was posting about how he was disrupting the industry, all this sort of thing. So it's working. So we're like, how do we leverage that sort of strategy? And the other thing too, was like, how do we also build like, cause you know, uh, you want to uh, uh, remarket yourself or reposition yourself as a growing contractor and differentiate yourself from the other guys. But also too, the talent pool was also, uh, uh, it, it, it may not be as strict as it, or as capped as it, it is, is as it is now, but obviously like they wanted to attract the best talent. Like the, the, the CEO had the desire to attract, you know, people that were graduating with the construction management degree. But the reality is like these people, these individuals are looking to work for these big firms, like the Turners and Skanskas. And instead of looking at the smaller guys, it's like, how do we do both things? Like basically there's a lot of different things, but it's like, how do we leverage our website, communicate the right message to clients and employees? How do we leverage social media to get, to get more exposure about our company and how we're you know, doing things differently? And then also too, how do we like find ways to tell our, our culture story? And so we did like brand videos or like culture videos on specific individuals highlighting. So there was like the website part, which included, you know, updating projects, the different scale of projects we were doing. Then there was a social media part, which obviously told the narrative along like, how we're differentiating ourselves against other contractors, how we're positioning ourselves as a growing leader in the market, and ultimately how we're like showcasing just the type of contractor they are. And uh, little by little, and, and so those are kind of the three main things, website, uh, video, and then um, social media. And as we started to do those three things, <clears throat> I started to notice that, you know, for, for a finishing contractor, like a painting contractor, and I, I know you guys know this really well, they're at the tail end of a project. Like they're not, you know, they're not the main driver for a, yeah. you know, commercial project. They're a finishing contractor. But the biggest thing I started noticing is that the ideal customer, like PEs, like project engineers, project managers, project executives began to organically begin following the content from like the Turners, the scans, because like those size contractors started, and this isn't like we're inviting them to follow or ask them to follow or you know, like this is literally them going, seeing the content somehow and following the page. And so for me, I'm just like light bulb went off. I'm like, this is working. Like it, we may not have the biggest following in the world, but we're getting the right people to see the content because that's ultimately the, those decision makers. Also, too, there was other people within other firms who are at different roles who started following the content, too. And obviously, like you have the client side, but you also have the employee side. And so kind of as we began to put this together, it's like it was just more of the same. It's like once you figured out the recipe for what worked, we just did more of it and then continue to scale from there. And, and the, the good news though, is this client, the, 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 this contractor that I worked at, you know, for several, for a few years, they're still my client to this day. Like they were my first client. Like when I, when I transitioned, they said, Hey, like, I know you're transitioning. Can we be your first client? Like, and, and just because what we were doing was working really well and we've, we've remained clients since, um, for the past few years and, uh, yeah. And, and, and it continues to snowball. So hopefully that, uh, Paints just kind of a high level picture of how we were thinking about it, just overall strategy for marketing for their company. Yeah, and there's, man, there's a lot to unpack there that I don't want to forget. <laughs> um, you, you touched on on a bunch of good points, but one of them is one that that Dylan and I have talked about a lot. You know, in, in construction, especially what I do, you know, yeah, like we don't have a huge social media following. We don't do a ton. I'm on LinkedIn, and that's that's really about it. Mm-hmm. Would it be cool to have, you know, millions of followers and, and all this, you know, top level engagement? Yeah, that'd be awesome for my ego. But but in reality, we're not selling our 
service necessarily on on social media. We're doing it to bring awareness, but what what you mentioned, we're doing it because we don't we're not selling widgets, right? I don't make my my money uh, the, at the construction company on volume. We make it on on better deals, and so all we really need is that one person to see some of my shit and and you know see hey okay this guy might know what he's talking about let's let's look at him uh, and and you brought it up you know with on the the subcontractor side in reverse we do this all the time right if if we're kind of looking at social media and we see a painting contractor for example that's that's really kind of stepping out because it it's still not the norm right but but we'll grab those guys up instantly and and get them to come have a coffee, get them to come talk to us. And, and that can be the, the foot that opens the door. And, you know, I get asked all the time by different specialty contractors, how do we get on your, your bid list? How do we get, you know, to work with you guys? That's it. Jonathan just mm-hmm. told us the secret. It's not by peppering my office with unannounced visits. It's not by spamming my email. It's, it's by showing out and showing up on, in some space where everyone can see you that, that you actually know what the hell you're talking about. And I think it's, it's been important for a long time, but I think finally more and more contractors, um, from, from the GC side, all the way down to the vendors are, are starting to recognize the actual value of, of putting themselves out there a little bit. Are, are you seeing some of the same? Oh yeah, no, I'm, I'm definitely seeing the the switch. I think, you know, uh, I, I uh, you know this, Matt, because I, I just made that post where I tagged you as one of the creators, you know, construction executives to thank you, follow. by the way. And that, yeah, <laughs> th- that got a ton of engagement. I, I didn't expect it to blow up that way. But the reality here is I'm realizing social media in construction is we're just at the inception still like like there's other industries like tech or e-commerce that, you know, are years lightning lightning years ahead. For me, I think it, we're still in the infancy. And, and I think the reality is like. You know, I, I, Herb Sargent, who was one of the guys that I listed on there, he literally messaged me the next day. He said, hey, man, like, it's crazy you made this post. I've had like over two, three hundred people connect with me, like, uh, I, I, you know, added me, all sort of stuff. And, and and the reality is, like, I think the industry is craving more construction leadership content, more construction culture content, more construction, uh, uh, just project management, con- just all these verticals, because there's it, it's incredibly interesting work that we're doing, but it's an incredibly quiet, secretive. And just like industry, and I'm like, guys, this what we're doing incredible. You guys are building incredible stuff. How do we not tell this story? Because like the reality is, like you mentioned the word widget. Like like, how many times can you talk about a widget before it gets annoying? Maybe a few times, and then people are like, okay, I don't care anymore. Like I know what it does, okay, but a project that's you know obviously being erected or just you know the topping off or or, or even the, the the certificate of occupancy. What regardless of what stage you're at, there's so many elements and aspects of project even to a company that you can tell. And so I definitely am noticing too, like there's a, I saw recently within the past, I would say one to two months, there's been a lot of project managers and superintendents that have been adding me like lately. Like, and, and I realized once I started posting content about personal brand and construction, stuff like that, like that got a lot of people's ears to perk. And so they're adding me like, and they're, they're reaching out asking for help or advice. I'm like, no, like what, what uh, what's going to happen this next year is going to be incredible because there's going to be a lot more people that are gonna that I feel like feel more empowered now than ever to be able to talk about what seems like a secretive kind of private industry. Uh, I think you nailed yeah, the it. The one thing I'll say on that side of it is because we all worry about like our clients in their projects. Cause a lot of the projects that we do work on, like, you know, nobody's supposed to know whose building that is <laughs> until yep. we're like done and it's open, right? Or whenever the owner decides that it is there. 
but for a lot of things we can whitewash it right we can whitewash the the name we can make it super generic in a scenario based story on whatever we're doing right no one really knows the except your internal team the projects that we're working on so when you po post anything about the projects you're working on like i did one about you know setting gear for a big industrial facility you don't know where it is you don't know who the client is like all that's whitewashed Yep. So for everybody out there that's worried about like their clients and figuring out, you know, maybe the client will know, but mm -hmm. the general public won't know what that project is. So for a lot of you guys that are worried about that side of it and like, obviously don't say like the problems on a project, right? <laughs> Unless you have a solution to go with it. But the walking through scenarios is very doable when you whitewash, you know, the name or a lot of the scenarios and you make it more of a general like scenario, you can have specifics in there. But I think that's where a lot of you guys get just scared about posting stuff is being worried that the project's going to get out or the client. And obviously we want to do like lessons learned in here, right. Of how we approach things. And there's a lot of stories that we can tell in that frame, right? Don't tell about like the, you know, safety violation or, you know, other like bad things that have happened on projects. Like you want to go through some lessons learned. You want to, you know, how you designed something that went well, right? There's a lot of stories that can be told in a way that is going to protect you and the client and in the process, making you and your firm look good. I think a lot of that stems back from from old school construction leadership too, right? Like I, I'm I'm just as guilty as anybody. We have to be secretive on client names and facilities to a certain point because there's a lot of reasons, right? We a we don't want another contractor coming and swooping in on our deal. Um, but there's a lot of times when you know if a, a client's building a new facility, they can't have their their own employees finding out about this through social media. They, they have to control when that information is released so they don't have chaos because, you know, people get afraid of change. But then there's also the side of the, the old dogs in construction where, you know, the, everything has to be a secret, right? And there really is no secret out there anymore other than names of clients, right? We're all building the same way we've built primarily for the last 50 plus years and, and we're going to keep building in generally the same fashion so it's not like you know Schaefer Construction has got this amazing new technological advancement in how we stand up steel I-beams we just don't but it's it's getting over that hump that okay there's a way to do this like like Dylan mentioned to to whitewash client names or to keep things a little secret but still be able to kind of pull back the curtain and show people like hey this is really cool what we're doing over here you know at least take a glimpse well and it's the other thing too and that that i think we're also afraid of is just to ask like ask your clients if you can post pictures about it like you have a shit ton of pictures of your projects anyway like we take them for progress you know like there are bajillion pictures of a given site we all have them from progress pictures. We all have them from progress updates. The board of whatever company has all of them, right? And then it's having some understanding of like, hey, either, I mean, this goes one of two ways. One, you ask forgiveness and not permission. Or, you know, if you're more worried about that client, then you ask permission and not forgiveness, right? Like depending on who the client is and, 
if they're really going to care or not. So again, I think just having that conversation, this comes back to a simple two minute conversation. Hey, do you mind if we share pictures of the site without your name on it, with your name on it? What can we do? Can we put a banner up on the corner here saying that's our project? Like all those typical questions that you're going to ask anyway about promoting the project, you know, and it depends on what it is, but just have a conversation with your owners, guys. Like it's really that simple. Yeah. And, and I was going to say too, the good news, and this is actually from a use case scenario is I have a client who maybe shares one project per year, uh, they're a utilities contractor, um, and they can actually talk more uh, openly about, cause they're do, they're mainly do like public works, like government type projects. And, um, and so the reason I say that is like, uh, they still don't want to share too much about their projects for, you know, different personal reasons. And that's okay. And so the reason I say this is like, if you can't post about your projects, I think there's other aspects of your business. Cause for me, I I use a framework with all my clients and three buckets, it's people, it's projects and it's purpose. People obviously spotlighting incredible, whether it's people on your job sites, like trades workers or, you know, office staff and, and everything in between. Cause the reality is like, what differentiates, like if you have two different, if you have two GCs doing the same type of work, what differentiates them is one, the people that's actually doing the work and then the, the unique types of projects that they're doing and maybe even to some of their process. And so the goal here is like, how do we highlight that through our people unique you know, and, and how they're actually like crushing it on a specific project and without naming the project. And then the projects, obviously, like I mentioned, there's so many aspects to a project that you can, you can talk about. And then the purpose piece, which is, I think the biggest differentiator is like, Yes, though you have two contractors that look exactly the same, their mission or vision may look entirely different. So how do we lean into that to tell that brand story to be able to drive that home? And so hopefully one, attracting the right, both the right clients and then the right talent to be like, okay, I have two options. I want to work with Matt because I like the way he thinks about this. And obviously when it comes to sales, it's people do business with those they like, know, and trust. The only way they'll know that is if you share those aspects and unique points of view as it relates to business. And so- the, going back to the example of the utilities contractor, I'm like, okay, like you don't only have to talk about your projects. And even to like the, the, the thing that happened, I think it was like I was mentioning earlier, 2017, you know, you have, you have Keaton Turner, you have Aaron who are posting, you know, incredible photos like of these projects, you know, they're, they're dozers and all that sort of stuff and they're excavators. The piece here, I realized it actually wasn't the image that communicated the most of the message. It was actually the copywriting. It was actually the message in the text that they were communicating about leadership or culture or how they're redefining the in, the industry. And so for me, let's say I, I were to do a, a post for Matt and like I had a project photo from maybe six months ago, that's totally cool to post about now, like a, a project. I, I wouldn't solely focus on that, like showcasing, okay, this is what we're doing. I would actually use that as supporting media behind, hey, like maybe today I wanna talk about teamwork and how our process for teamwork looks different and maybe tell a specific story. That is far more compelling than just showing and saying, hey, like, here's a project we did. You know, we erected this deal or we're at this process. Cool. And I think people do like that content. But the, the way you take it to that next level is by actually sharing a story or sharing a specific theme or topic that you want to do. And that's what I've noticed with the clients I work with. I'm like, that stuff really resonates uh, because it's the message behind the image and not just solely the image itself. That's a... That's a great message you just gave us. Um, one of Dylan and my collective mentors um, kind of frames that up, and he, he says, you know, facts tell, stories sell. And that holds so true to, to everything you just said. Uh, but I will say, as a construction guy who's not the most creative, who's not a marketing guy, 
um, it gets hard to get out of the rut of just posting, hey, look at we stood steel up today. Hey, look at there's one of our dozers. You know, hey, here we're doing concrete. Um, but I think it that's really it takes a concerted effort, you know, on the part of the the person in charge of putting out your content to to make sure that you've got a little bit of of all of that kind of spread around because that's how people get to know you. That's how people see what what you really want them to see. And and when you can control the narrative that people are hearing you're only going to win in the end. Yeah, for sure. And the thing I'll add to that, I mean, I think you're obviously selling yourself a little short because you recently had that that post about Michigan and teamwork. And I think it's those little things that really communicate a bigger picture. It's like, oh, like this is how Matt sees this. Like, because obviously we bring up Jim Harbaugh right now. Everybody has their own perspective. Do you know? We don't know depending on what teams you like, but you had your own point of view and how it relates to the industry and how it relates to teamwork. And I'm like, Love that. How do we lean into that more? And the reality is like, I think sometimes there is a lot of uh, uh, baggage or stress of like, what am I supposed to uh, post about? I think especially in construction, there's so much to talk about. Like you have countless conversations every day. You have constant, you're part of countless email threads. There's so many things that you can pull from. And so let's say for me, like, for example, I literally have a, a notes app on my phone called construction content ideas. And if I, like, even from this conversation, I already have a few ideas, like Okay, I need to write this down after we're done because I have I have a post there, potentially inspiration. But the reality is like from there, I'm like, okay, there's inspiration all around. I just need to be in a position to hear it or receive it because it's all around you. And so you're, uh, obviously you have that example of Michigan, but I'm sure you watch other sports. I'm sure you watch other things or maybe you see a YouTube about a specific topic. You're like, wow, I, that was interesting. And I have a point of view on that. That's a great way or a great place to start. And so just like I said, obviously don't sell yourself short, Matt, because you obviously do, uh, you, you don't just post about projects. You also post about other compelling things too. Uh, I, I appreciate that. I try to once in a while, but uh, you know, if anyone has any, their own opinions on Jim Harbaugh and, and my U of M Wolverines, they can, they can keep it to themselves. <laughs> <laughs> so Jonathan, we're, we're stretching out here kind of close to time, but I wanted to ask you if you had to pin one tactical tip one thing that the average construction firm or design firm can do to to boost their social media presence to to do something to really get themselves out there um, outside of all the things we've already talked about is is there one specific shortfall you see that most of us continue to do over and over again or is there one way that you suggest to people to kind of you know really stretch out and and get out there to to get some sort of presence yeah. So if, if I was, and I think this, this advice or this tip would uh, apply to both the contractor just starting off, you know, smaller contractor as well as an established contractor is it relates to back to that post I mentioned is having a, your construction executive begin to build their personal brand. Nobody knows the company more than the leader, than the executive of an organization, you know, the, you know, the pulse of the overall company. And so my advice here would be and especially too, when you think of the executive, especially too, maybe with smaller firms, they're the most connected. They have the most relationships with their clients, with their vendors, subcontract, all this, like they're the most connected. And so my thing is like, if I were a contractor just starting off or even an established contractor, it's like, how do we position our executive, our CEO, or maybe it is, maybe it, maybe the COO or CFO communicate better, or like, like to be more online. How do we leverage some sort of executive to begin telling our brand story? Uh, 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 even before you start telling, like before you start posting on your company page, because in my opinion, as you begin to build more and more awareness within your market or your area, your service expertise, eventually you can kind of siphon a lot of that 
in uh, into your actual brand page, like once you actually start posting content from your company page, that could help snowball and kind of speed up that process. And so for me, if I was working with a small or larger, I would say we need to find a way, whether it's, and the minimum I would say is just like, well, at least once a week, either talk about a specific project, talk about a specific, maybe a conflict that you went through and how you overcame or what your view on is, or it, even to like, that, just like owning like different and I, I and I know a lot of the guys could be potentially like secretive and or maybe not want to be as transparent. Like, and I'm not saying you need you need to let you know everybody know all your dirty laundry, but take a step of faith to be like, okay, like I, I'm going to start posting about our projects. I'm going to start posting about one specific individual per month, and then I'm going to start posting about a specific view on leadership and then culture per month. And there, there you, there you go. You have four posts per week, and, and you can just follow that sort of cadence. And the reason I think that's important is because. People connect with people. Obviously, the brands is is helps reinforce that. But the reality is like you're doing business with John. You're doing business with Greg. You're like you're doing business with these specific individuals. And if they see the executive who they have relationship with post content, they're likely more compelled to engage, support, and and have that begin to snowball into other things. So that's the one thing I would just recommend is every construction company, if you don't have anything or if you have something established, is get some sort of executive to begin posting their own content about the company, but on their personal page on LinkedIn. That's good stuff, man. I We could talk about this for hours. Um, last question, I'm, I'm not trying to milk you for all this uh, free free uh, advice, but to, to tag team or, or to piggyback on what you just said, is there a point where you see it where the, the leader or the executive needs to stop being the brand and and distance away and let let the brand now or the company now be its own entity and the leader still you know still does similar content but but there's a definite separation there or should it always just be one and the same yes that's a good question and i, I was going to say to answer your first part like i don't think you're milking if anything maybe <laughs> this uh, uh will hopefully encourage uh, maybe a part two, or maybe we can have a second conversation about more expanding more later. Absolutely. Um, uh, but what the, I, I guess to answer your question, cause I, I, so I made a post literally like six to eight months ago about this. So like, I can't remember their names, but the, the founders of like uh, uh Betchel of uh, Fleur and of Turner, I, I listed off the founders I, I, and I basically say, Hey, like, d d like if I were to ask somebody today, Hey, do you know who this person is? And like, Likely they don't know, but they know the last name, especially too when it's, you know, Betchel or like Floor or uh, Turner Construction. And the point here is it's important for any any company just starting off or even if they are like a few decades into into building their company to have the uh, uh, executive as kind of the forefront, the leader of the company. But let's say in the, down the road, hey, you, you want to eventually become the chairman of the board or something like that. And then you have some sort of C some other CEO. Eventually, I think that is a natural transition to uh, begin to uh, maybe step off, like uh, posting your own content and being affiliated to the company. But in my opinion, I think the CEO is arguably the best spokesperson for any company. And that's why, like, for example, like people have their different opinions on him. And I don't want this to be like, I don't want to sidetrack this, but you, when you think about Bill Gates, you do think about Microsoft. Like when, and when he was, at Microsoft, he was like the he was the guy. He was like the face of the company, all that sort of stuff. But obviously, they've event they've succeeded him. They have Satya Nadella there now. He's the he's the new face of the brand. But he's the one now making moves. Obviously, there was the open AI, all that conflict of you know a week or two ago. That was crazy. But you know he was super involved in that. But people now associate him to Microsoft. So, in my opinion, I don't think any company loses 
any sort of momentum or, or shouldn't like disassociate the CEO from the company unless they are transitioning into some other role or want somebody else to succeed in the company. Uh, it, it, and I think it just goes back to like, I've heard a post before, like, you know, there's Elon Musk has like over a hundred million followers on uh, Twitter X, but Tesla has like 20, 20 million. And the point here is people connect with people. And, and if the CEO or executive is open to, to putting themselves out there, I think that's one of the best thing any business, regardless of their construction or not to be able to do. I appreciate that, man. That's a great answer. And I think that's, uh, that's going to help a lot of people. Yeah. I mean, the, the biggest thing that I take from that is like, don't be afraid. You know, if you're in an executive role, even if you're not right, like to post content, you know, it can help you land that next job. It can help you move up within the company. There is, I mean, this isn't so much in construction today, but you can see where it's going, where uh, when people are looking for jobs in other industries or influence, like your following matters, right? Your following count matters to getting jobs in other industries. That's not in construction yet. Cause again, like we need six clients, you know, going back to earlier statements, like if you're a, a contractor or even like for Calvang studios and like engineering work, if I had six contractors that I'm doing all their design build work for, like I'm super happy, right? So long as they're a good size, you know, like we're, we would do really well with like six, a dozen contractors. Now we're going to do way more than that. But like, you know, for most people, you don't need a thousand clients. You don't need a million followers, right? You like that scale isn't there. Cause in most marketing, like we go back and talk about widgets, like, this is a $300 microphone, you know, $400 microphone. Like it's, we're talking about like 10, $20 billion projects, right? Like we're talking at mass scale for like, we are high ticket. Construction is high ticket in marketing circles. You know, like we're not selling a $20 widget or whatever, $400 microphone. We're selling a $10 million building or 20 or a billion dollar project. Right. Or like in, um, the Middle East right now, there's um, that trillion dollar project that's going to go up. So, I mean, you have like, that is the highest ticket <laughs> thing <laughs> there is, right? Like, so for construction, again, we don't need a bajillion clients. Like if you get one project out of all your work on social media, we've said this in the past and I'll say it again, like, and you net a million dollars on it, pretty sure that posting on the internet is worth it. You know, like it's so with that, yeah. Jonathan, any uh, final comments for for this episode? You've given us a ton of value here and, you know, really just getting out there, your uh, people, projects and uh, core values, uh, buckets that you put everybody in. Anything else you want to share with us on this episode? Yeah, I think the last thing I'll, I'll say is, you know, kind of what you said about like, you know, we don't need a million followers, you know, like you don't have to build this huge engine. The one thing I've realized, though, is like, let, let's say like Matt or, or, or you, Dylan, continue to post on social media, the compounding effects, the more and more that grows, in my opinion, the more and more opportunities it, it opens you up to, meaning you get to now cherry pick who you want to work with. You're not taking on anybody. You're, you're, you're very like the value of client, I would say, even if you don't want to increase the the, qual uh, the quantity of clients, the quality, I would say it opens up that door. And the example I'll give is I was working with a construction technology software company and they found me through social media, like I was posting content and 
Um, you know, we're, we're, we got to a point about talking about budget, you know, like what, how much do you want to allocate to this, all, all that sort of stuff. And and the way the lady caveated, she said, I know it costs money to do, to work with really good people. And so then, and then eventually, so she caveated with that and then led into, you know, what her budget is. The, the, I, I never told her I do quality work. I, I, I never told her, Hey, all these, I had my personal brand. I had my content. I had all that do it for me without me ever saying, Hey, work with me. I'm a quality guy, all that sort of stuff. And so in my opinion, I think it also translates to contractors too. Like you don't have to say I'm the best or all these sort of things. Show us, tell us, tell us your point of view, all these sort of things. And so the biggest thing is like, the, the, the biggest takeaway is like, even if you get to a point where your business, like you feel like you like where your business is at, continue to do marketing, continue to do social media because the compounding effects of that will open the, uh, up the doors to other opportunities that you didn't, that you would prior, prior probably didn't even think was available. So that's the last thing I'll leave. Oh yeah. Like into, you know, prefaces, Matt and I are both like 1% posters on LinkedIn, you know, like we post more than pretty much everybody else that's on LinkedIn. Cause most like the majority don't even post on LinkedIn that have an yep. account. So, I mean, for content value, like matter and I are both all in on <laughs> posting content on, on LinkedIn, you know, that's not a big deal for us. Jonathan, where can people find you? Yeah. So the, the biggest place I'll point people to is LinkedIn. So if you want to look me up, Jonathan core on there, uh, that's going to be the best place to find me because that's where I'm on every day. That's where I post content five days a week about social media construction and maybe even just other topics around construction. Um, and then there you'll, you'll be able to find, you know, my agency customer growth, uh, where I work with commercial contractors. And then more recently, actually, which we didn't uh, touch base on this too much today, but I, in the beginning of September, uh, I started a community called Construction Marketers, and my goal is to be able to build the biggest construction marketing community or group in the U.S. Uh, I'm I'm very I'm I, and this is me saying this, barely laying the foundation, barely have very minimal momentum, but I see the opportunity here, especially to like I said, a lot of people, project managers, executives, uh, superintendents, everybody in construction is like you know beginning to connect, and they're leaning into this a lot. So I'm like, how do I basically the whole point of the construction community is I want to teach other people how to create great construction content for free. There is no cost. We have a YouTube channel, podcast, and I actually every week I'll release something and basically show specific things about creating content or how you can improve things without ever giving me a single dollar. So the entry cost of entry is just a subscription or following me on LinkedIn. Love wow. That, that's a hard offer to pass up, man. <laughs> you might see me in that group pretty soon. <laughs> awesome. All right, Matt, any, any last words before we wrap up here? No, Jonathan, I just want to say thank you, man. I, I appreciate it. I've been following you for a while. So this was a, a real treat to finally get to to talk. Um, again, I apologize for the bouncing around of schedules, but I'm, I'm hopeful we can, we can do round two. Cause I feel like there's a, there's still a episode or, or 10 left to unpack on this topic. Yep. I, I love it. I'll, I'll be happy to hop on and maybe we can talk about specific topics, you know, as it relates, like even a topic, maybe kind of uh, putting a little teaser for a future conversation is I'm sure you've seen this yourself, Matt, but you know, there's subcontractors that obviously are being a lot more outspoken on LinkedIn and sharing their thoughts against GCs. And so for you as a GC, how do you perceive that? And so I just want to put the teaser there for a future <laughs> conversation where I can just get your perception or perspective on that. Cause I think it's, incredibly important topic and it's happening. So there's uh, a teaser. I would love to, we'll, we'll, we'll uh, get that one jotted down and make sure it happens. 
Oh yeah, there's uh, so much we can we can talk about in this. But Jonathan, thank you so much for coming on. This has been a pleasure to have you on the show. And uh, yeah, we'll look at doing uh, round two at some point in the future. And uh, you know, again, marketing is the lifeblood of every organization. You know, we talk about systems, processes, all that kind of good stuff here as well. Core values. Um, but again, you got to win the projects first and foremost. And with that, guys, remember to share the show. Check us out on YouTube, uh, the Construction Corner Podcast over on YouTube. And then just subscribe and share the show if you get something out of it, which I don't see how anyone would not get anything out of this episode. So without further ado, that is this episode of the Construction Corner Podcast. Until next time. 